0: The following is a message by Pastor Dale O'Shields, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer. We pray that you will be blessed by this message. Now, here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. Grab your Bibles, if you will, your teaching sheets as we get ready to continue our series of messages called Pray. We've been involved in this series This summer, uh, we're talking about the importance of building a prayer life, and I want to talk to you this evening about how to pray for your future. This is actually going to be a two-part message, and uh, it's one of the things we're going to take some time and really look at and, and investigate what God's Word says to us about praying for our future. There was a time when one of Jesus' disciples made this request of him. He said, Lord, would you teach us to pray? And he said, uh, you know, Jesus, John the Baptist, teaches his disciples how to pray. Would you teach us how to pray? We need to understand your way of praying. And Jesus said, okay, when you pray, pray like this. And he gave us what we call the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. And everybody said... Amen. I'm not sure how many seconds that took for me to say, but it's fairly quick, right? And we have to stop for a moment and say, well, what was Jesus teaching us when he taught us the Lord's Prayer? Was he just giving us sort of a ritualistic uh, phrase or phrases to say in prayer, or was there more to it? And I believe that there was much more to it. That what Jesus was actually doing, he was giving us a pattern to pray. He said, pray like this. When you begin to pray, pray our Father which art in heaven. Take time to honor and hallow the one who is your Father. Don't run past the reality of your relationship with Him. Move from earth to heaven in your focus. And then pray that His kingdom would come and His will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Learn to surrender yourself to the will of God. Come to places of letting go of your plan and your your purposes for life and embrace His. And then... Give us today our daily bread. Pray for those things that you need. There's a prayer list that we all have, and so take some time to pray over your needs. And then forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Take some time to deal with your relationships. And then, of course, pray, lead us not to temptation, deliver us from evil. That's all about praying for protection and girding yourself effectively so that you can be successful in spiritual battle. And if you really pray that way, as I've prayed many, uh, for many years now, if you really use that pattern in prayer, you can spend uh, 15, 20, 30, an hour in prayer just praying your way through the Lord's Prayer. It's not just a recitation, it's a pattern for how you and I are to pray. And part of this whole dimension of prayer, building a prayer life, is that it's really the beginning point of relationship with God, that as we study His Word, obviously, we learn what He says to us, but as we pray, we build our relationship with Him. And as we grow in prayer, one of the things that we want to learn to pray for and pray about is we want to pray for and pray about our future, because God has a future for you. If your future is only the next 15 minutes, it's still a future. If your future is 15 more years, or if your future is 50 more years, there's a future that God has for you, a place in life that you haven't arrived yet, that you're on your way to. And all of us have a future, and so God wants to prepare you for your future, and to be prepared for your future, you have to learn to pray about your future. I'm going to talk to you tonight about how you pray about your future. I want to talk about how you actually make a date in destiny in prayer for preparations for what God will do for you in the days to come. And there are these moments that happen in life. There are these prayer moments that you can have related to your future that are turning points for you. I would imagine that all of you can look back on your life and, and probably describe, you would probably not even be here tonight if it had not been for some point in time, that you had one of those moments with God. I mean, you've had one at least one moment with God that changed your life in some way. It was a turning point moment. You had a time where you were studying a scripture verse and it came alive to you. Or you were in a service and a message spoke to you. And it was a turning point moment for you. And so it was a date with your destiny. Had it not been for that moment... You would probably not have been the person that you are today. And in the same way that there are moments in the past that propelled us into the future that we're in now, there are moments right now that can propel us into the future that is before us. And we're going to talk tonight about how to do that. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 16 that we're to make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. I want to remind you that tonight is an opportunity to prepare yourself for an amazing future that tonight is a moment when there's a, de- a design destiny moment for you. Don't miss your opportunity. You can take a look in the Bible and see men and women in Scripture who had encounters with God, and some of them embraced those encounters and walked to an amazing walked into an amazing future, and some of those did not embrace those moments and literally walked off the pages of the Bible. You never hear anything about them again. I want to be someone that makes the most of my opportunity. I'm going to draw our attention, when we think about praying for our future, I want to draw our attention to one man that made the most of an incredible opportunity in his life. He seized his moment. It's a man by the name of Jabez, an Old Testament character. A number of years ago, there was a great little book that was written by Bruce Wilkinson called "The Prayer of Jabez." And I'm not—it's not my purpose to take you back through that sequence of what uh, he taught in that book. A great little book, I would highly recommend it. I think it's probably still in print, but I do want to draw your attention to some things that have come to my heart and mind because it's a prayer that Jabez prayed that affected his future. It's found in First Chronicles chapter four, verses nine and ten. Let me read this for you. Jabez—I'm reading from the New International Version. Jabez was a was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. And notice verse number 10, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel. So we see now that Jabez, we see who he was, we see some of the circumstances of his life, and now we see him crying out to God. He is in prayer. To cry out to God is a statement of prayer. It's a statement of supplication, calling upon God. And now notice this prayer, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory and let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain and God granted his request. The Bible speaks of Jabez here, and we'll come back to it in just a moment, as an honorable man. He was more honorable than his brothers. The word honorable in the original Hebrew language is a word that means to be weighty. It's the idea of having a heavy weight upon something. So there was something weighty about Jabez. He had something to his life that his brothers did not have. He had something to his character. And we see that in his prayer, he's doing something very honorable. He's moving toward a future in his life when his brothers were not. His brothers were satisfied with life as it was. But Jabez said, no, I'm going to pray my way to a better future. I know where I'm at right now, but I'm going to pray my way to something that will be different in the days to come. And Jabez had this honorable spirit about him. It was not that Jabez had less problems than his brothers. It was not that Jabez had less pain than his brothers. In fact, Jabez actually had more problems and more pain than his brothers had. His very name tells us that. His name, Jabez, means you are a pain. Think about that. If your mother named you, you're a pain, that's not a good thing, okay? And so all of his life, every time he hears his name, Jabez, he's reminded of the fact that he's nothing more than a pain. And I'm sure that he felt, as we're going to see in just a moment, a lot of negativity about his life. But that in the, yet in the midst of it, he said, I am not going to let this be the rest of my life. I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to seize an opportunity uh, to, uh, to allow God to change me from where I'm at now to what he has for me in the days to come. And I want to tell you tonight, I hope you'll listen closely because I believe that for some of you tonight can be your turning point evening, that you can mark down August 25, 2018 as a moment that you prayed a prayer or made a decision in your life that will turn your destiny and change your future, the future of your family, the future of your life, the future of what God will do in and through you. Decisions like that can be made here in this place tonight. Amen. Because the same God that helped Jabez is still alive today. He's the same God that works in us. And so we're going to take a look at how we pray our way to a better future. There are four points that we'll be looking at in this series, and the, the, these two messages, I should, should say. And I'm only going to give you two points tonight, so two things to remember. Turn to your neighbor and say, I think you can remember two things. Go going to tell him, I think you can remember two things, all right? So how do you pray for your future? Number one, you have to decide. There's a decision, as we're going to see in Jabez's life, to be done with things that are diminishing and destroying your life. To make a decision that you're going to be done with things that are diminishing your life or destroying your life. Change always begins with a decision. Any change in your life will begin with a choice. And this is exactly what Jabez did. He makes a decision. There are things in your life today that are limiting you and things in your life today that might be destroying at some level your life in terms of what God has that would be best for you. And and today, the the thing that can make the difference is a decision. Jabez made a decision. There was one day we don't know when it was. We don't know the date on the calendar for Jabez, but there was a day that Jabez did something that he'd never done before. Jabez made a decision. He looked at his life and he said, Enough is enough. He looked at his life of pain, his life of difficulty. And he decided that he wanted his life to be different. And he came to this place of saying, I'm not going to continue on with my life as it is. It was a moment in time, just like I mentioned to you a moment ago, that this can be your moment in time when you make an eternal decision or a decision that will affect your destiny in this life and in the life to come. But he made this decision, and no change will ever happen until we make a decision just like Jabez did, this turning point that says, I'm sick and tired of my life as it is right now. I'm sick and tired of those things that are diminishing me. I'm sick and tired of those things that are destroying me. I'm sick of those thoughts that are hounding me. I'm sick of those behaviors that are, that are causing me problems. I'm sick of those attitudes that are keeping me from being the best that I can be enough is enough. How many would just shake your head tonight and say, there's some things in your life that you're sick and tired of, amen, okay? You're just sick and tired of some of those things. Jabez came to this moment in his own life, and he was sick and tired and said, I'm going to do something, and what I'm going to do is this, I'm going to pray. As you study the Bible, you begin to see that there are lots of examples of people who came to these kind of moments, or God tried to bring them to these kind of moments. I'm going to give you two examples of this one in the old another in the old testament and one in the new in just a moment In the book of Haggai, it's an interesting book in the Old Testament. It's one of the minor prophets. And Haggai prophesied to the people of God after they'd returned from Babylonian captivity. They'd been back in Jerusalem for about 18 years. And the reason they went back to Jerusalem was because Cyrus, the king of Persia, had allowed them to return back to their land with this edict, with this this responsibility to go back and rebuild their temple. But they'd been back for 18 years And they had not yet built the temple. They'd been building their houses and taking care of their land, but they'd not done the very thing that God sent them back to their homeland to do, to build the temple. And so almost two decades have gone by, and God raises up the prophet Haggai to come and speak to the people and say, you know what? We've got to do something. This is your moment that's going to determine your destiny. Are you going to do the right thing now? Let me read for you Haggai chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. Haggai is one of those short books of the Old Testament, only two chapters, The entire book, but let's look at verses 6 and 7 of Haggai chapter 1. God speaking through the prophets, speaking to the people who have not built the temple. You have planted much, but have harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them into a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Read the rest with me. Give careful thought to your ways. What was God saying? God was saying, Here's your moment. I want you to think about how your life is going right now. I want you to think about what's going on with how you're living your life. You're doing all these things, but it's not really adding to who you are and adding to your success. You're trying your best, but you haven't put me first and you've missed the priority and give careful Careful thought to your ways. These folks have made God secondary, and God was calling them to make Him primary in their lives because it was a moment of turning for them, a decision moment. Let me take you to another example in the New Testament, Luke chapter 15. You know this story well. It's the story of a young man who came to a turning point in his life, a moment in time, a date on the calendar. Just like I mentioned, this is a date on the calendar for you, and this was a date on the calendar for this young man. In Luke 15, Jesus tells this parable. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together. All he had set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth Then, while living. After he'd spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomachs with the stomach, with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will, here's his turning point moment. Notice this, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. Here was a rebellious young man who wanted life his way, and he found out that When he lived life his way rather than his father's way, that life was not very good. It got him into a lot of trouble. But he came to his senses and he said, I'm not going to continue down the same path that I'm on. I'm going back to dad's house. At least there, I perhaps can be a servant. And we know the story how the father embraced him and brought him back in. What I want you to see in both of these stories, the Haggai story and the story of of this young man the prodigal son, both of them came to a day in time when they said, enough is enough. God called them to a moment to make a decision. And I want you tonight to hear the Holy Spirit inside of you. As I'm hearing the Holy Spirit inside of me, we all need to hear the Holy Spirit inside of us calling our attention to some things in our life that says, you know what, enough is enough. It's time for you to be done with that part of your life, that element of your life, those thoughts that have been ruling you, those attitudes that have not been good for you, those behaviors that you need to change, you need to come to the place of saying enough is enough and to make a decision that this will be your turning point. Let me tell you something else As I, before we move to the next point. You can make the decision tonight, and every one of us need to make it, but Here's something that often keeps people from making those decisions. They say, you know, well, I, I, I've tried to change these things before, maybe, but, you know, it never, it never has worked, and I'm not sure if I make this decision now if it's going to work. Let me tell you, make the decision. The decision is what you do, and when you make a solid decision to turn your life in a new direction, don't worry about the power to fulfill the decision. You make the decision, and God will give you the power. Amen? You make the decision and God will give you the power. What I've learned in life is this we try to do things in our own willpower, but that's not how how it works with God. We give Him our will and He gives us the power. Amen? When you and I give Him our will, we make the choice. He gives us the power to do what is necessary. So there's a decision point that Jabez came to. He said, This is my day. I'm not going to be this way. I'm tired of living my life this way. I'm tired of living in pain. I'm turning a corner. I don't want my life to be diminished or destroyed. The second thing I want to share with you tonight that is critical to praying for your future is to be prepared to honestly admit the things God wants addressed in your life, to honestly admit the things that God wants addressed in your life. I've already alluded to the fact that all of us have issues, but here's the thing. Can you name your issue? We're really good at naming other people's issues, aren't we? I can tell you your issue. You can probably tell me some of my issues. We're not so good at naming our own issues, are we? But when it comes to God, God is not interested when we have prayer times with Him, He's not interested in me confessing your issues. He's interested in me confessing my issues. Because if I'm confessing your issues, all I'm doing is judging you and pointing a finger at you when there are issues in my own life. And so God has to bring you to the place of of, of being aware of the fact that there are things in you and things in me that are issues between us and our relationship with God right now that will impact us in the future. And so our prayer for the future involves dealing with the things right now that need to be addressed. There are strategic things in your life right now. Listen, strategic things in your life right now, that if you can allow God to work in those areas, it will prepare you for something greater in your future. I call them the kingpin issues in your life. And in any season of your life, there's always some kingpins. If you've gone bowling, you understand what a kingpin is. If you're bowling, when you roll that ball down that alley, the bowling alley, your whole desire is to hit one pin. Your pin, you you want to hit that number one pin right up front, you hit it very strong and it knocks everything else down because if, you know, if I aim for that, I'm going to deal with a lot of other things. There's some strategic things in your life that God says, right now, I want you to aim for that kingpin because when you knock that down, some other things are going to go too. Okay. So the question is, do you know your kingpins? you know, the things in your life that are the kingpins that God is saying to you right now, you know what? If you're going to get to the future I have for you, here are the things that need to be addressed. And you're like, Jabez understood this. I want you to listen to Jabez's prayer again. Jabez got it. He understood what his kingpins were. Notice what he says here. First Chronicles four, verse 10. Here's his prayer. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel. Here's his prayer. Oh, that you, why don't we read this together? Read with me. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory, let your hand be with me, and keep me from harm, so that I will be free from pain, and God granted his request. Now listen as I give you these different points. The first prayer he prayed, God, you, I want you to bless me, okay? And then I'm praying you'll enlarge my territory, let your hand be with me, keep me from harm, so that I will be free from pain. As he's praying these things, he's identifying his issues, okay? When he prays, bless me, the reason he prayed, bless me, what's the opposite of being blessed? Do you know what Jabez felt? Jabez felt cursed. He felt like, I'm living under a curse. My mom gave me this, this name, I'm just a pain, and, and I don't have any respect around me for my brothers. They're all in their, their world, and there's no mention, by the way, if you study the Scriptures, there's no mention of Jabez having a dad or a dad in his life. And so he felt cursed, and so he realized, I don't want to live under a curse. Now listen to, to me, folks. A curse is not just some hex that's put upon you. A curse, you can have a cursed way of living in your thinking, okay? To think less of who God made you to be than who you really are and who he's called you to be. And there are different ways that we live under, if you will, curses in our life when God wants to lift that curse. And Jabez says, I know that one of the things I need specifically is I have this cursed mentality and God, I'm asking you to bless me. And then he prayed, enlarge me. He felt his limitations. He knew how limited his life was. And then he prayed, let your hand be with me. He realized how weak that he was. He had weaknesses in his life. He said, Keep me from harm. He prays about his vulnerabilities. And then he also prays, Free me from pain. He felt pain in his life. He felt all of these things. Again, he felt cursed. He felt limited. He felt weak. He felt vulnerable. He felt pain. He identified and admitted the issues in his life. Can I ask you, Do you know your issues? Are you willing to honestly, As Jabez did, Admit your issues to God? Again, we're very good at admitting other people's issues How about your own? Jabez was honest. There was no denial in his life, and he very specifically addressed them, very specifically laid them out before God. Why do we not do this? Why do we have problems doing what Jabez did, just being honest with God and being honest about the issues in our life and really knowing what they are and and really dealing with them? As I thought about this in my own life and just working with people over the years and just who we are as human beings, there, there, there are several different reasons why I believe that we don't deal with issues in our life. And I'm going to give you a few. These are not on your notes, but if you have a little extra space, you may want, maybe want to write these down. Just think about them in your own life. What keeps us? Because would you all, are, are you with me so far tonight? Okay. God says, I've got a future for you, Okay. And there are things in your future that I want to do. And I don't want you to miss the, the future that I have for you. And so to get there, you've got to make a decision to be done with some things in your life, some things that are limiting you right now, some things that, are, that you need to address in your life because these are in the way of what I want to do for you in the future. So you can be saved, and, and, and most of us here are, that is have a relationship with Jesus and still have issues. How many of Christians have issues, right? Okay. You can be saved and still have issues, okay? You don't have to be uh, outside of the kingdom to not to have issues. We all have issues in our life. So, God said, here are these things in your life, and these are in your way, and you've got to decide. Nothing's going to happen until you wake up one day like Jabez did and said, I'm done with this. I am. Enough is enough. I'm not going to live this way anymore. I don't want this to be who I am. I don't want this to affect who I'm going to be in the future don't want this anymore. And he brought him to the serious place of decision, trusting God to respond with power. And then he admitted everything. He was honest with God about the things that were going on in his life. And here's where it breaks down for us, I think. It breaks down on the decision point, but it also breaks down on the honest confession part. What keeps us from honestly confessing our issues to God? I think the first thing that keeps us is just basic blindness. We all have blind spots, don't we? We're blind to our own issues. We don't see. there are things we're in the dark about. And so maybe for some of us tonight, the first prayer that you need to pray is the prayer of God, open my eyes and let me see some things that I need to see in my life that maybe I've never seen before because... Until you ask for those eyes, sometimes you're not going to have eyes to see. And so blindness keeps us. We live oftentimes and with these dark blind spots. And so if you'll pray a prayer like this this evening, Father, would you open up my eyes so that I can see the things in my life that I need to see that are hindering me from where I'm going to need to be in the future to be everything that you want me to be? It's a, it's a simple prayer that you can pray that God can hear and God will hear and answer and help you to have your eyes open. Now, let me tell you something about when your eyes are open, When your eyes really get open to stuff, it hurts when you see it, okay? It hurts when you see it, but it's good for you when you see it because it's what helps you to move forward in your life. I think the second reason, and by the way, as I said, these are not on your notes, but again, you may want to write them down and think about them. Sometimes we don't want to make a decision to give something up because we have a vested interest in in that that issue in our life. What I mean by that is we get something from it, okay? Okay we get something out of it okay it's a bad habit but we're still using that habit to to bolster something inside of us we don't. We have a bad habit, but it helps us to get our way in certain things or to accomplish things that we want to accomplish. And so it may be a bad habit, but it's serving an end for us. And so we have a vested interest in holding on to it. So you'll never give anything up as long as you feel like it's having some value to your life. You've got to see how ugly it is. You know, there's some people that don't want to get well because they actually, even though they complain about their pain, they actually enjoy living in it. Because they're living off the sorrow they get from the people around them. And so if I can make people feel sorry for me, and so I'm going to get, I can, I don't want to get well because if I get well, it means I got to grow up and I've got to do things I didn't do before. That's why Jesus asked the man at the pool of Bethesda, before he healed him, he said, do you want to get well? Because oftentimes when you get well, you got to go get a job, you got to start doing things you didn't do before. And there's often a vested interest in people staying sick, okay? Okay a vested interest in see people staying broken because when you're broken, you, you, ha- you have the victim mentality. You're living in this mindset that keeps you feeding something that's not good in your life. And so there's a reason sometimes people don't want to get well because either they don't see it or because they have a vested interest in it. It's something that keeps them nourished in some way in a dysfunctional way. The third or the next reason why is Fearfulness. Sometimes we're fearful of letting go of some things in our life that we've, we've grown comfortable to, with. We are fear that we're afraid that, well, you know, I've had people tell me before, you know, what's going to happen, Pastor, if I just really surrender my life to God, what is He going to ask me to do? What's He going to ask me to give up? Is, am I going to have to, uh, what, what, what do I have to do if I just give my whole life to God? What's going to happen? I remember as a kid, I used to be so afraid of giving my life to the will of God. I don't know what it was, but when I was a kid, when I, I hear these messages about surrendering your life to the will, of God, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, if I say yes to God's will, then he's going to send me somewhere around the world that I don't want to go, and I've got to eat food I don't want to eat, you know? And I've all these, you know, so I, as a little kid, this is what I'm imagining. But over time, I grew into the reality that we serve a loving Father, and when you and I say yes to his will, you don't need to be afraid of anything, okay, okay? Your, your, your worst future is when you don't say yes to God's will. Your best future is when you do say yes to God's will, okay? Whatever that will is for your life. And so, but fear keeps us. Fear holds us back. Let me tell you tonight, let me, to, make, to make that decision to go forward for your future, just go ahead and give God a blank sheet of paper and say, God, you fill it in, okay? Whatever you want me to do, you fill it in. The fourth reason is self-defensiveness. The reason a lot of people don't deal with their issues is because they're they're defending themselves and they're 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 spending a lot of their time and energy blaming other people that my problems are not really my problems they're your problem I wouldn't have this problem if it weren't for you this is especially true in marriages you know yeah yeah I've got issues but I wouldn't have those issues if I hadn't married her I wouldn't have those issues if I had not married him. I wouldn't have those issues if it were not for your family or for whatever it might be or for my boss or for what. You can just fill in the blank with all these kinds of things. And so we know the issues are there, but we we tend to project the responsibility of these issues over onto someone else. And so we don't own them ourselves. See, in Jabez's prayer, he was owning his issues. He talked about things that needed to change in his life. Can I give you the last one? We're just about done here. The last thing that keeps us from making the decision to go forward with God in these areas and pray these very, very significant moment, momentary surrender prayers to God is stubbornness. We just are stubborn. How many would just admit tonight that you are stubborn? Shake your head. If you're not shaking your head, that's all the more reason to be affirmed that you're stubborn. Okay, okay. It's been said that some people will never see the light until they feel the heat. Okay. And sometimes the only time that you're going to, God has to, you know, you get so, so, so stuck and so stubborn the way you're living your life, the way we live our lives, that God has to come along and just use dynamite to blast you forward in your life and some traumatic thing that gets your attention. God loves you enough. God loves, listen to this, God loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you the way you are. Okay, okay. He loves you just like you are, but He loves you too much to leave you the way you are. And so if you're going to be stubborn, let I mean, you know that God knows how to deal with stubborn people, okay? He knows how to deal, it's just not the best way, it's not the best route to take, okay? I can say it that way, it's not the best route to take. But sometimes we just get stubborn and dig our heels in. But in this story, Jabez honestly addressed the specific things in his life, he made the decision to say, this is not going to define my life any longer. I want to conclude by giving you this challenge tonight. Can you and I take August the 25th, 2018 at about 6.55 p.m. and make a decision right here in this place to say, you know what? I don't want anything in my life that will diminish or destroy the future God has for me. Amen? I don't want anything in my life that will diminish or destroy the future God has in store for me. I'm making a decision just like Jabez did to say enough is enough. Whatever has held me back I'm asking by the power and grace of God that tonight would be my turning point night and then be willing with God to say God would you help me to honestly own those things in my life that are about me not about anybody else but they're about me that I need. To, what are the kingpin issues, God, that you want to deal with that will strategically set me forward for my future? When you and I pray this way, we see in Jabez's prayer, the Bible says that when Jabez prayed that prayer, God answered, God heard, and God answered his request. The the same God of Jabez, the God who answered him, will answer you as well. Would you pray with me right now? Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We're so grateful for the opportunity that we've had to think about this great prayer, of Jabez. We know that every scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's given for our instruction, for our guidance, to teach us lessons and guide us to application in our own lives. And we, we know that this prayer of Jabez was more than just a prayer for him. It's a story, a lesson for us. And I pray that tonight, Lord, in this place, that you brought people here this evening, Lord, because you have, you're calling each one of us to make some, some significant decisions moving forward with our lives. There are things that we've tolerated in our thinking or in our attitudes and our behavior that are less than what they need to be and maybe are keeping us from the future you have for us. And I pray that tonight that we would be willing to make the decision to deal with them and, Father, also to honestly own them before you, to move beyond the defensiveness and the stubbornness and all those things that block us and keep us from from saying yes to you and let us tonight Lord just simply come to you fully and completely and say God we want these issues to be dealt with in our lives so that we can have the future you've planned for us and thank you Lord that as you answer Jabez that you will answer us seal this word in our heart continue to build upon it teach us your truth we pray in Jesus name And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time. If you've prayed with a pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website, Just go to church-redeemer.org slash a new you. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.